Welcome back to San Halen. Let the tasty licks flow. San Halen featuring Mark Zander on guitar. Brian Hanley on more guitar. Even I'm playing guitar. And vocals too. San Halen on Chicago's home for rock. I mean sports. ESPN Chicago. Oh, good. Loud, aggressive guitar, Brian. That's the only way I'm going to forget about how damn fragile we are on the south side. Both the fan base and the team. Um, it was a week. I would say, what a week for the Sox. But really, it was just a week for the Sox, right? We had... Uh, oh, what, week? W-E-A-K? Well, Past yeah, couple I'm, games, is that what you're saying? That's the way I'm spelling it. Well, it's... We, you know, we just had another week. We had, you know, a guy from the box seats yelling to Tony to pinch run Adam Angle. And he I said, know, that, could, that was a fun story, but obviously yeah. that's... Okay, but... And then last night, we have the intentional walk-on one and two. We've seen that. Been there, done that. Yeah. We have a and couple. and by the way, that did not backfire on us. But we no. we noticed that we noticed that in in well, the reason why I say weak is because the moment that Aloy took a swing and he grimaced, I I think I could be quoted. Uh, I was talking to my one dog that was in the room, quoted as I can't blanking stand this anymore, and I walked mm-hmm. out. I, I as soon as I saw that, it's like fragile. Fragile, fragile, fragile. And what's up with Luis Robert? We have no idea, really. No, seven games missing. Uh, he pinch ran once, right? I mean, that was the extent well, of it. Well, that didn't um, involve his wrist. Right. Um, here's the thing, Mark. It's 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 maddening. You have the two big come-from-behind wins against one of the best teams. And, in the, league and that was fun to watch. That was fun okay. to watch. If not brief, it was fun in the moment. But, but you know, it, it's a moment. It's a flash. It's not <laughs> right. sustainable. Right. It's the White Sox because then comes Thursday. And it's historic. I mean, it's 21 to 5. They might still be batting. And then last night, you, you know, this guy, he's not a terrible pitcher. But here's 14 strikeouts and no walks issued, right? Um, after it just, it's they're five and five in the last ten. It's the I same mean, old, same old. Brian is what it is. The way you encapsulate, it's the same old, same old. They just all they did was take a week off the schedule, you know, a week off the calendar because yep. that's what they do. Every time you get a little bit of juice and you think this is it, and I said last week, I don't think they have a six game win streak in them between now and the end of the season. And, and you're right, they, they stopped short at five. Right, and then they lost three. It's just that's who they are. They they don't sustain anything. Certainly don't sustain success. And you mentioned Eli might be out with a knee now, and Luis Roberts not back yet. And Lucas Giolito is is Northbrook Bob pointed out on Twitter the other day, um, cost himself a lot of money this season um, yeah. because it, it, all of a sudden uh, he's off the tracks. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just it's exhausting. Even for a non-White Sox fan, when I'm watching it, it's frustrating. It's like you, you, you got to be Exhausting is the right word. Exhausting yeah. is the right word. We're fragile as yeah. a fan base. We really, and, really are. We're as and, fragile and, as Eloy Jimenez is physically. And then then it, you know, revealed during the week that last, uh, what, Thursday, Tony, after the the, the, the Cueto comments that, if, you know, we better show the fire if we have any. And, and then Tony the next day is, well, that's curious. And I'm like, no, and, that's obvious. Yeah, right, right. And, and then so they then, have this team meeting. Yeah. Well, the yeah. leadership meeting. The leadership right? meeting. And that my that first got, question was, why this late? 
Why could that have not happened in June? May? Yeah. May? Right. If, if Jose Abreu believed that it, they, they were more cocky than confident and the confidence had turned into cockiness and they were just showing up and thinking it was all going to fall in place, well, we've been talking How about How much do you buy any of that? What's that? This whole this whole cockiness and uh, like them admitting that how it, it, something doesn't add up to me. I, I don't know if I buy all that explanation. Well, I mean, I'll take Jose Abreu at his word from what he's looking around and seeing. Um, now, why he would wait? I thought it was Sony. Liam that said that. Liam revealed it. Okay, Liam revealed it, but it yeah. was Jose that said we're kind of cocky. Well, he revealed that there was the meeting, which pro- Tony probably didn't want to get out because he thinks everything should well, stay nothing in the Well, nothing stays in the clubhouse now. That's that's years right. ago. Uh, Liam revealed it right here on the station, right, God bless right, him. Right, with uh, Waddle and Sylvie. Right. right. Um, but the point is that, okay, Jose, did you have to wait for Sleepy Tony to to call the leadership meeting, or do you just want to be a leader and, and you you go in the clubhouse and well, that's the problem, people. Brian. We've taken on the. It, it seems like we've assimilated the uh, approach of one sleepy Tony, and yeah. and you know he must be an authoritative figure in the clubhouse to some degree because it seemed like that had to come to them. He could not call it early, which he should have. Right, but we've also heard Tony say, "I don't call anyone in the office," and and right, you know, you, you know pull the uh, "I'm the manager, you're the player, shut up and listen." Here's how. You know, here's what you need to start doing. I'll go out on the field and just put an arm around him and say, hey, you know, might want to try this. Oh, oh that's great. I mean, you don't want to be the, the, the you know, heavy every time and, and have. But you, you have know, to be the heavy sometimes. Brian. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It's yeah. just they are now 14 and 24 in series openers. Now, that, think about that. What does that tell you? OK, you come off that humiliating loss Thursday. You're going against the division leader mm-hmm. now. Yeah. You know you scored I, I, too early, and and then and I and I knew, yeah, and anybody with eyes knew that scoring too early and then not being able to do anything else. There's no way you're coming out of that game successful well, against the Guardians you, at home. Not when not when you have ten batters uh, go go through in the seventh inning. You don't um, right. You had somebody on third, three strikeouts hey, in a row. Yep. Hey, you go back to the first inning. They they had two. They could have had four. Five. Yep. yep. Yes, Monty Grandel. You know he was. Uh, and why uh, was he in instead of Gavin Sheets? To me, amen. that is a bigger that is a bigger screw up than this whole intentional walk in one and two because that did not bite us in the ass this time. But why wasn't Sheets in instead of Grandel? I'm done with Grandel. I'm done right. with that. DFA him now. I, you're well, not going to. They're not. But, going to. No, of course they're not. But the idea in my head is. I've cut all ties. He's not coming back. He's not going to refine himself. I don't know what happened. We're we're witnessing the sharp decline of a player that used to be good. Yeah. So his his inning ending double play with first in you know with with a couple guys on. Right. You could have you could have had a nice comfortable lead and it might have absolutely you know the odds would have said you you would have walked away with a win, but then in the fifth you got Harrison and Savala. You know, he Harrison leads off with the double. Savala, Pollock, and Andrew Vaughn. Who's, you know, those guys have been contributing more often lately than not. But I mean, at least Vaughn and, and it has, and they all strike out because right. there's 14 strikeouts. Um, it's, I mean, it just it, they're they're the only team, so-called playoff contending team, that still has a negative run differential. It, 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 things don't add up. I mean, if you look at this, it just doesn't add no, up. No, not at all. It hasn't all year. 
Right. We've been talking about the same team for two months because they are the same team for two months. Now, here they are, sit a game over They have these bright spots. Now, they have these bright spots here and here, uh, here yeah. and there, but they cannot sustain it. They That's can't a good be word winning for today. Teams. All the things we've been talking about, yep. you know, they're, they're almost getting a winning record at home, you know, but that, that's been a struggle. But, you know, things you need to do to have a successful season. And I, I really, I was, I was sitting here listening to Peggy and Dion have a lot of fun and laughs at, um, at the Hard Rock in Northern Indiana for ESPN Football Fest. And the Cubs have won 8 of 11. Now, it's against the likes of the Nats and, you know, the, the, the Marlins. And, you know, they're not great teams. But they, they, they battled yesterday and came back a couple times against the Brewers. They've won 8 of 11. The, you know, Reyes... His, I don't know how sustainable it is, but that sure looks like a guy that you know Cleveland gave up on, and he's 14 hits in the last nine mm-hmm. games, and he's loving. That was life a great pickup. That was a great pickup. And, and you know why you're allowed to pick him up is because your season's so terrible. You get you one of the first few teams to get a crack at waivers, right? So, mm-hmm. but I, I, I was thinking to myself, do the Cubs have a better chance now? Not to be a playoff team, but winning their division. Do they have a better chance to do that before the White Sox? And I say that because the Cleveland Indians, and we talked about this, I don't know, three weeks, a month ago. Guardians, um, you're fine. Guard, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, no, where's the, the jar? i got to put some money in there. <laughs> right. uh, By the way, um, Ozzy said Indians last night, and Chuck did not bust them. But yeah, Ozzy well, was uh, Ozzy was on a you know kind of kind of going after. I think Chuck didn't want to break the momentum, but uh, well, yeah, Ozzy owes some money in that chart. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, Mike Chernoff. We talked about him three four weeks ago, right? Uh, young GM, relatively young, started as an intern in the Cleveland organization. Now is the GM. They have a, one of the lowest payrolls, sixty six million dollar payrolls. I think they're fourth lowest in the, in all major league baseball mm-hmm. they have the youngest roster in major league baseball they have nine of the top 100 prospects in all of major league uh, uh baseball and again that's that's subjective i get it but if you're going to go through mlb pipeline and everything you have to have some sort of way to to you know figure that out or, sure. or predict yeah. and project let me let me also interject they have terry francona he's a hell there of a go. manager right i mean and and you see how they play and they, yeah. they, they yesterday they're they're talking about how they hate everyone in the division, and they're you know, like they play with enthusiasm, with energy, with with uh, emotion, um, things you don't really see with the White Sox hardly at all. They all talk the game about you know oh, we're we're a good club and we're going to get this. Thing well, you going see and, some emotion, but not enough and not consistently. No. And you don't sustain through, it. Again. No, it's not one through twenty five. Nope. It's it just there's a different energy to that club. So my point is. I, I don't know where the Twins go if Correa opts out. You know, you know once they uh, if they're a playoff team this year or not. Um, but that Cleveland team is a team that's going to be around. I mean, if they actually start adding and spending money and get even middle of the pack, if they start you know adding a hundred million to that sixty six million, um, and being as young as they are, the youngest team in Major League Baseball, seemingly with a good front office or a very good front office, maybe executive of the year front office. And as you said, Terry Francona, that that's an obstacle and a hurdle that the White Sox might not be able to overcome to win a division anytime soon. Because if the White Sox, Mark, are not a playoff team this year, and the percentages say they will not be a playoff team this year, they're not winning the wild card, so they have to win the division. Yep. If they're not, what happens? What what does what does Rick Hahn, ostensibly the powerful, authoritative, GM, what is? How does he retool this team? 
does he blow it up? Does he does are, does he work? Well, how, how much does he blow up the team? And does Larusa step down? It, well, that's it. I, and and if he I think step the coaching down, change has to happen first, because I think that there there's I, I'm still not ready to give up on some of these players. Yasmani, yes, goodbye. That's it. But the core of Luis, if, if, with this fragility, I have no idea what's happening with this. But the first step is La Russa, for me. I've seen enough. Well, yeah, everyone has. But that we all, we've talked uh, ad nauseum. He has to step down. He's not. I understand that. And I think he will at the end of the season. If they do not go to the playoffs, he will step down. Why would he do that? He's 77. He's got one more year on his contract. He, wants, he doesn't want to go out. They'll pay him. Well, that's not the point. He, he's a Hall of Fame manager. He doesn't want to walk away from this. He still thinks he he's got it. He still I, thinks I don't know. It's I, there. I, so why why would he leave on a losing note of a, a, a non playoff season? And, and if Jerry's not going to, you know, say, hey, call him over, you know, let's go have dinner. Hey, maybe you know. Well, maybe. see, maybe, maybe maybe he will surprise us and he will do that, Jerry. I, maybe. I, I, there's Maybe. no indication. If of, they do not make the playoffs, something big will happen. I don't think Tony will be the manager last year, uh, next year. I don't. What or, they or, Rick, or Han. What yeah. if they fired Rick Han instead of Tony? And keep Tony? What if they did that? Oh, this, no. The South Side will start on fire. Okay, Spontaneously like, combust. <laughs> this, but this is, what, this is where you're at. I mean, the White Sox... Are, are oh, I know. It's over, a tough spot. It's a terrible they're, spot. But they're, they're seventh overall in payroll at $196 million. Do you think they're going to go into the $200 million range next year, win or lose this year? Do you think they're – I mean, that's pretty good. And is that really to, the cost of winning, though? Well, at at yeah, what I mean, point are they going to realize what the cost of winning is? Right. And, and my my point on the Cubs, they're 14th at $149 million, but we've seen them in top five in payroll, right? So they keep saying, when we feel we're ready to, to – you know, add here, we're going to spend, well, you know, Jed always says we'll spend intelligently. I think that should go unsaid. I would hope anytime you're spending, you're spending intelligently. But we, w- I wouldn't put it past them if they put $75 million to that payroll or, or 80 or 90, right? When they think, and I, we've talked about, it. I don't know if Carlos Rodon comes here and all of a sudden they're, they're talking about a bullpen, which you better have a scorecard because you don't know the names, but those guys are all pitching pretty well. I mean, they're, they're, they're not household names. They're, they're Reyes. Uh, Morell, um, uh, you know Nick Madrigal. Hey, also. no pressure does wonders. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. But they're, they are. I mean, of of late, the last month or so, they're entertaining to watch. They're trying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're trying. That's that's a Reyes had a, a hustling trip. Young try hard guys who don't have a lot of pressure. It's a good position to be in when you don't have those expectations. Now I'm not I, I'm not excusing the White Sox, but that that's the reality on the north side, which of is course, a great yeah. situation to be in. Right. We've got a hit break here. Let's uh, come back. We'll uh, continue this conversation. We've got uh, as you uh, mentioned, that's a Twitter poll question. We'll make sure to outline that. Uh, we've got a couple of Twitter poll questions. We have a couple of people online or I should say on the phone waiting to get on air here on ESPN 1000. We'll be right back. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. To go to second. So now you walk him on one and two. <laughs> you apparently are walking him one and two. And now it looks like Jones is going to be called back, I believe. Uh, again, you're, you're ahead of him one and two. Yep. Yep. 
and Jake Diekman is going to have it taken out of his hands for the time being. I We've seen it twice this year. It didn't work out the first time. Well, let's see how it works out this time. This has got to be the first one-two intentional walk in Jake Diekman's long career in Major League Baseball. Oh, you bet it was, Brian Hanley. And it did not backfire on him that time. But one of no. the few things that Tony did or did not do in last night's game that was a big questionable. And we have Tony here on uh, postgame on the intentional walk. And, uh, yeah, let's hear from Tony himself. So you kind of have it, like, ready if that base opens up that you're going to make that move that's, that's already kind of set up. Uh, well, that Right. The left-hander was going to be uh, when he faced Miller. When he got to Gonzalez, then if, 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 when they stole the base, there's an open base. So it's put on. So it worked. Yeah, I don't I don't buy any of it. One and two just doesn't make any sense. With two out and Owen yeah, Miller flies out on a, on a routine fly ball right. uh, off of Jimmy. Lambert. Again, it didn't it didn't backfire, but it no. makes no sense. It just well, makes no sense. Here's the thing. You know, so Diekman issues two walks and then the, there's a double steal off of Jake Diekman. Right. He was not even paying attention. So now the base is open. And, you know, if it's one and two, do you wait till it's two and two or three and two? And then you say, just give him his base. Likely. I mean, that's what, you know, most people would want to see. You think Diekman can get get one more strike and, you know, head to the dugout and you're out of the jam. Right. But if that was the only issue, then we'd be just ripping apart Tony La Russa. But the fact there were 14 strikeouts on your side and no walks, intentional or otherwise, has been an issue for the Chicago White Sox. Oh, no doubt. They don't have power enough. They don't have their stars. Not their nearly star. enough. Um. It's just it's it's always something. It's yep. always something. And when it's all said and done, it's it's a team that's hovering around five hundred, like they've been doing for three months. It. You're, you're right. You're right. Look, you you pronounced them dead. Like two weeks ago. weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, they keep sitting up in the coffin and then yeah. falling backwards. Yeah. And and that's uh, what we're seeing. Michael yeah. on the south side wants to jump in here on ESPN One Thousand. Hey, Michael, what's up? Yeah, I want to talk about three things. That first inning, like you said, starting Grand Isle instead of Chiefs was uh, a big, big error. Glaring mistake. Very mistake. I mean, you could see him hitting to a double play, and he wasn't even close to beating it out. And then, and then uh, with that base, man on third with nobody out. And then you said he struck out 17 times, right? I guarantee yeah. you 14 of those strikeouts, they weren't even close to the strike zone. These guys are constantly chasing and fishing. These balls weren't even near the balls in the dirt. Zabala, he swung at a ball like in the in the in the uh, left left hand batter's box. What was that all about? They and are then, they then, are chasing the game. They're not letting it come to them. They're forcing the issue and they're getting what they deserve. And then in the seventh inning, and this is what falls on the manager. This way falls on the manager. Mm-hmm. How can, can you see Quan, who's just who's just constantly hitting the ball to right field, left field? I'm sorry, he's one of those guys who. Why are you pitching the guy inside and knowing he can he can hit it to right field where there's nobody there? Where there's nobody there, why not pitch him outside and, and so you can hit it to the defense? And then that that, that shift on uh, what's the guy Gomez? 
there's nobody in shortstop. Why are you? Right, right. Theater. Yeah, that uh, Why all of it. All of it. Shortstop. All of it. I know. I mean, I know. this is management. And a lot. Of, I know a lot of people push back on Russo. A lot of people up in the, you know, on TV. They don't want to say too much about Russo and all that stuff. They're afraid. Probably. I don't know. If they're afraid of him or not. Those well, questions they never asked. Well, my, Michael, you heard the lack of what Stone said was glaring. You know, he has been a, uh, a, a you know, a, uh, a critical voice against La Russa all year. Thank you, Michael, for the uh, call. A lot of times, and, and Steve Stone isn't coming out and saying a lot, but what you heard in that exchange with Benetti and Stone, it was like, it was disbelief, Brian. Absolute yeah. disbelief. And 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 they were they were reflecting what all of us were watching. If we if you know baseball, that is disbelief. And Michael brought up a other couple of points: positioning on players at certain times, the mm-hmm. Grandal, the Granda, you know, insisting on putting Grandal to keep hoping he turns it around. He's not turning it around. I can't argue. I can't argue any of it. Um, right. And again, if it was only a managerial issue, and that is an issue, no doubt. It's on the list, and it's high on the list. Yeah. Um. It, but it, it's, it's, it's one of many of, issues. A lot of right. issues. Lots I mean, of it, issues. It's, Not it's, just Tony, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sloppy. You know, base running. It's, it's sloppy fielding. It's no sense of discipline, top to bottom of the order, in, in terms of your approach at the plate. Right? right. Um. We talked about the lack of power, and you don't have enough guys who sprayed all fields to manufacture a four or five run inning basically getting singles and doubles, right? So I want to bring this up because uh, Reyes, Fran Mill Reyes, who's having a very nice start with the Cubs, this was his quote after having a hustling triple yesterday in that win against the Brewers and then able to score on an infield single, right? He said, it's just taking advantage of what the game gives you. One more thing that shows people you have to hustle every time. If I didn't get the third, I couldn't score with the infield single that Ian had, Hap had. We, on, the, on the Sox side of town, they're told not to hustle every time. Right. Right? Right. And, and again, a, that's where I go back to La Russa. He, yep. look, a long list of problems. For me, for me, he's on the top of the list now. I've had enough. George in River Grove wants to jump in on ESPN 1000. Hey, George. Good morning, guys. Good morning. You know, What's up? Last year, after the playoffs, and the White Sox walked off the field with a big brown stain on the back of their pants, I said to myself, the biggest problem with this team is there's not a player on the squad that's anywhere near so slick as they think they are. And consequently, they're swinging at pitches they can't hit. They're a bunch of dumpster diving hacks. They think that they can uh, flip a switch and and uh, be the best player on the field. They missed this memo. Your best effort is required at all times, not just when you feel like it. And that that's on management or manglement, as I call them, because they sure as hell ain't managed. The culture of this squad is in the toilet. Yep. They yep. can't. You're not wrong. Nobody's getting paid anywhere near enough. They need everyone needs a raise because they don't feel the need to bust their ass out of the box. They can't catch the ball. They can't hit the cutoff. They can't run the bases. They're just and, and George, George, you're right about that. But they're not being held accountable. Thanks for the call. They're not being held accountable. Seemingly for this, there are re- repeat mistakes, and uh, we're going to get to Jesse in just uh, a bit. But there are re- repeat mistakes. 
that don't seem to have any sort of accountability. Before we hit the break and get to Jesse, let's get to one more call here. Gideon's on the road, wants to jump in on ESPN 1000. Hey, Gideon. Hey, Xander. Hey, Brian. Really quickly, ESPN has done a great job with Football Fest. I was there. I had to leave, but it was a great time. Awesome. Uh, A really good job there. Secondly, Xander, you said that what if the White Sox fire Rick Hahn? I almost puked in my car. Like, I said that. That Gideon. should That's not me. happen. Yeah, we no, no, that was Hahn. that was Brian. I mean, I yeah. say some things, but oh, that, that was Brian. Brian. Yeah, I'm that was sorry. me, Gideon. Brian, yeah, you but... almost made me puke. Um, <laughs> Rick Hahn, though he's made mistakes, um, he's still gotten us to this position. Like he made the mistake of not signing a right fielder. I think it's a mistake to have not brought back, back Rodon to that maybe hindsight. And, and Gideon, real quick, real, let me thing. jump. Uh, Gideon, real, let me jump in here real quick. We don't know how much Rick Hahn has control. Honestly, I can't sit True. here and say these are all on him. He could have wanted to do one of these things, and Kenny or that's Jerry an, said no. That's another issue, right? True. I think Jerry is holding him back with the amount of money he's allowed to spend. Um, so, so I think that's one thing in favor of Rick Hahn. Rick Hahn may want to do all these things, but Jerry isn't letting him. And we'll never know. Um, yeah, no, we won't. What I wanted to say, though, uh, Brian, I think you brought up the question about which team is going to win the division sooner. Um, I see more hope in a team that's rebuilding and the Cubs are rebuilding right now than a team that's already rebuilt, and we're finding out that players can't stay healthy. Grandal isn't as good of a player anymore as you signed three years ago, and um, our pitching staff is somewhat in shambles with mm-hmm. Giolito not being able to win a game. Um, so uh, I don't know if the Cubs will win sooner than the White Sox, but I don't have much hope as a Sox fan. <laughs> for us winning this year at least. Yeah, and it looks like Cleveland's going to be around a long time. Uh, Looks like they only can keep going up. And I know the Cardinals, you know, by definition – their organizational uh, mandate is to try to win it each and every year. I, I, I told you, I told you a month ago, the Guardians concerned me more than the Twins. And look who is now yep. leading the division. And uh, the Twins aren't going to go away either. Although if Correa doesn't stay, that's going to set right. them back. Sure. So we'll see. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. That is the number. We're going to take a break. Come back. We will talk to Jesse Rogers or ESPN Baseball Insider, about both sides of town, north and south side. We'll be right back here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Well, being a baseball fan here in Chicago, especially on the south side, seems to be extra exhausting this season. It's Xander and Hanley, joined by Jesse Rogers, our baseball guy here on ESPN 1000. Let's start on the south side, Jesse. If we have to. <laughs> <laughs> what would you rather? You know what? It's your, put, your pick. Your you, you, want, you, you, want to, you want to start on the north side? Go do my, go ahead. Well, I, I, okay, I was at Wrigley yesterday. Wind okay, was blowing let's out. Okay. Wind was blowing out. Beautiful day. Not surprised there were some runs scored in that one. Um but, you know, they've got a nice little thing going there right now. We'll see 
We'll see what that carryover effect to 2023 is. But I, I like what David Ross is doing. I've said I kind of like what Jed Ross is, uh, Jed, Jed Hoyer is doing, um, considering they're rebuilding again. Like you have to accept that fact once you do. It, 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 he's going about it kind of the right way, just kind of meticulously building a few pieces. A year ago at this time, we didn't know about Steele. We didn't know about Thompson. We didn't know about Morrell. We didn't know about Suzuki. We didn't know about Horner even because he was hurt a lot. Think about that. Now you got Mick, Nick Madrigal. Uh, finally showing up um, 325 413 OBP this month uh, back to equal walks and strikeouts Remember, he was striking out a lot earlier in the season so maybe he needed a lot of time you know to get back in terms of his health so even Madrigal a year ago at this time we weren't completely sure coming off the injury so there's some building blocks there and they're, they're, they beat a good team yesterday so uh, we've got a couple of polls on uh, Twitter at ESPN 1000 and I'm going to throw these at you, uh, Jesse. Uh, if you want to answer, go ahead. Which owner will win another World Series first? Jerry Reinsdorf, Tom Ricketts, neither. And which manager will lead this team to playoffs first? Tony Larusa, David Ross, neither. I can tell you on the um, south side, we have. I, I've I've had it with the Tony Larusa show myself yeah. personally. I've had well, it. I've done. Well, I'm done. You're not. The, you're not the only I one. I know I'm um, not. I, I, but I tried to stay on. I tried to stay on the train for as long as possible. He's a Hall of Fame manager, but I can't anymore. I can't. Yeah. Well, let me just say this. Remind everybody out there. Um, two and a half, three months ago, and let, that long ago, I, I did. I, I thought the White Sox would come up short this year. I just saw the writing on the wall, and maybe I'll be wrong because they're still in it. But I don't think they're. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're making the playoffs. Mm. I think there's just too many deficiencies. Mm. Um, And then there's 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 a deficiency in every part of their game, and then there's some major major deficiencies in some parts of their game. So there's like nothing that can really you know they can they can sort of back back uh, bank on you know going uh, going forward, and it it's been that way all season. I think. You talk about sort of a microcosm game, 17 strikeouts without any walks. You know, that's it. That's it right there. Because this team does chase a ton and uh, doesn't walk, which makes sense. Because if you're chasing, you're not laying off of bad pitches. Yeah, you know, and Jesse, Um, let, let me ask you this. Maybe I'm trying to break this down too simply, but I'm trying to understand this. If they are trying to chase the game, they're not letting the game come to them, they're chasing pitches, everything. Is that a coaching issue or is that a player issue? It certainly is a little bit of both. Absolutely a little bit of both. I mean, it's going to cost Medikino his job. I mean, if it doesn't, it would shock the baseball world. So that's number one. Um, it could cost Tony his job in a larger sense because you could say, hey, uh, I mean, again, this is not stuff you can measure, but is he creating an atmosphere where guys are not pressing, right? Because when you press, you chase. Obviously not. You, you, you take the results and you work backwards. The results aren't there, so something in the sort of water isn't working there. Along with, of course, you're gonna you're gonna take care of the, the hitting coach because that's just how it works. Right. But obviously, some of these guys are veteran players that have played better in the past that haven't chased like this in the past. I will say they've been more chasey in the last two three years than before. Like it's kind of been in their DNA, but not as bad. Agreed. As this. Agreed. Not as bad as this year. So it's all baked into the process, Sander. I, I don't. I, you know, is it Tony La Russa's fault that Abreu, a good hitter? sometimes will chase more than he should. Or Luis right. Robert, right. especially. I don't know if it's Tony's fault, but those it, are the fault is there, an, is there an accountability? Now, accountability uh, could be a strong word, like you're right. going to get right. benched. I'm not talking about that. Is there that accountability, that coaching accountability, where they reinforce things 
uh, you know, we're, we're not seeing it. It's certainly not consistently. If they do, it's a game or two, and then they fall back into these old bad yeah. habits. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that Frank Menachino is ignoring the stats and what his eyes tell him, but obviously the message isn't getting through. So that's another thing. You just take the results. You work backwards from there. Something's getting lost in translation here. All right, They know the stats. If you and I know them, they know them. Yeah. So either Menachino's message isn't getting through, they're not listening, Tony's not developing a, 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 an at-ease environment, so they're pressing. Like All these things are out there that are not really measurable when it comes to coaches, um, and that's why you make coaching changes, and you, you don't change out 25, 26 guys on the roster, although they probably should make some changes to find a little more balance. With more balance, maybe pitchers can't pitch you the same way. I mean, I saw this on the north side for a while. They became very predictable and very pitchable, and part of it was chasing. And I'm sort of seeing the same thing. After three years of the same kind of lineup, without complete balance, they've become very predictable and pitchable, and it got exposed in a national way against the Astros in Houston and, and, and you know in the playoffs last year. So that's kind of my, my take, but none of this is very measurable, right? Mm-hmm. You can't measure all of it. All we can do is look at the stats and work backwards from there, and someone's going to lose their job over it. Yeah, and Jesse, you talked about the deficiencies, and, and hats off to you for calling this months ago. I called it, I, I toe-tagged them two, two weeks ago, saying that, it, and here's another week where they have two exciting wins against one of the best teams, then they're you know completely embarrassed on Thursday, and then you had that last night with the strikeouts and no walks. My question to you is, if if I, and I'm in agreement they're not a playoff team with you, um, what happens we we all still believe Tony has to tell Jerry he's out, he's done. Jerry's not going to tell him, no matter if they're a playoff team or not. Has would that have changed? If they don't make the playoffs, does Jerry go to Tony and said, you know, we gave it a shot, it's not working, and you know, getting rid of Menachino, that's terrific, fine, whatever. It's it's what happens in baseball. But if they're not a playoff team, what does happen to this roster, and what okay. happens if Tony's still sticking around? I mean, is Rick Hahn in trouble? Could they yes. just skip the Tony firing and say, well, let's get somebody else to redo the roster? That's probably not going to happen, I guess. Um, and I've been going back to, look, this is speculation with Jerry Reinsdorf. It's not like he's confiding in very, very many people, um, probably including his own executive staff, right? So I, I, but for my feeling is he's back. If he wants to be back, it would probably be a mutual thing if he's not talking about Tony. I think they can absolutely make the case that you, you, a second year in a row of injuries, and these were what much worse or much uh, m- m- more important because the division was better. I mean, look, even this stretch without Luis Robert, without Tim Anderson, I, 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 I mean, we all have to at least acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Now, why these guys can't stay in the field—that's a whole other issue that you know I could probably. Uh, write 10,000 words on Jesse Alloy yesterday. It's like, are you kidding yeah, me? Andrew, right. a- Andrew Vaughn right. got hit in the face. Well, it was off but, his shoulder, but still got hit right. in the face, stayed in the game. Alloy swang, uh, took a swing and then uh, grimaced and he's out. Too yeah, fragile, and I'm too sure fragile. Jerry, and, and, and in my one quick conversation with Cherry this year on the field, he mentioned the injuries, which is fine. So they could probably convince themselves it was a second year of injuries. I think it'd be completely mistaken. I don't think I don't think Rick Hahn will do that, I, although I'm not positive, um, because if he's stubborn about it, he could just say, let's run it back again with the same and just pray no injuries. That, that would be so silly. I think Rick's got to recognize the, the lack of balance he has on this team, the, the maybe if you want to call it the injury-prone prone players that they've employed. and They certainly have talked about changing up their systems to prepare in terms of um, 
you know, their bodies and stuff. And they weren't able to do that between, you know, from COVID to the lockout. They weren't completely able to overhaul their, 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 their getting ready, um, preparing for the season uh, uh, and getting in shape kind of stuff that they want to do. So all that is up in the air. I, I, I just can't imagine he'd run back the same roster, even if he does change how they prepare and stuff like that. But, look, I don't know. I, I, I was critical of him in March because they didn't have enough left-handed hitting. Right. And it's been proven to be true for three years running. Um, well, you said it, Jesse. So, you, don't know, you don't know how to quantify this. And you talked about guys pressing and that you know that's why they're chasing. But at the same time, we hear that Jose Abreu said the confidence turned into cockiness. We heard Cueto, yeah. Johnny Cueto say, we better show the fire if we have any, which is damning in itself. And, and So how can be pressing if there's some question within the team that you're not bringing it every day and you're not trying to have a sense of urgency yeah. or to compete? I mean, I'll give the guys on the north side. They, they compete, and they might be minor, you know glorified minor league players for the most part, and they might be beaten up on bad teams. But they compete. They hustle. They try to take the extra base. They have a better baseball IQ right now than the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, I don't want you can't you can't say that about all twenty six players. Abreu tagged up from first base last Saturday. I brought that up a few times, but that's that's the one guy we know will bring it. So yep. like, yep. It, it, but it's not rubbing off enough and all that stuff. Yeah. And the, and Brian, everything you just said is the reason you do make a managerial change. It just does something's missing in the water there, and it's not necessarily oh bad locker room. It's just just not you know working it's just not working sometimes some years it just doesn't work and and um you know this manager let's face it here's the bottom line this manager is not bringing out the best in these players and and that's the bottom line that that's could why be agreed make, upon i think about, know, about right, a lot exactly. of people think these players aren't what they you know as advertised but we've all seen these players play better so we can agree that he's not bringing the best out of them yeah, there's enough blame to go around. It's not a balanced lineup, and the manager's not bringing out the best. And by the way, the pitching staff has been, okay, bummer and crochet, fine. But I'm talking about the starting staff. Lance Lynn missed a little time. Yes, that's one pitcher. Everyone else has been pretty healthy, and you got the surprise performance out of Cueto. I can't imagine, I mentioned yesterday, a, a, a more shocking, disappointing year than, than, the, than Giolito's year. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and, um, and Lynn's been pretty up and down after the injury. But like you've had pretty he- pretty good health there. Graveman's been healthy. Hendricks been healthy, except one little stint there. Like not, most teams have more pitching injuries, to be honest. So where they haven't had the lineup, I feel like they've had they've had enough starters, enough healthy starters, and they're still underachieving. So we can't just blame it on injuries. There's more there. And if, if Jerry and Rick and, and Tony just try to run it all back next year, I think that'd be a huge mistake. I think we could all agree on that, too. Jesse Rogers, thanks for jumping in with us here on ESPN 1000. Johnny Cueto, our leader on the south side. That's the guy. That's our team leader, I think. He's on the mound today. Yeah, you know, he's been a stopper. He's been a, a guy that's been outspoken already. Yeah. He, look, if, if they've made mistakes in personnel decisions, they certainly did not there. They made a home run decision. Nobody else wanted Johnny Cueto, and the White Sox rolled the dice, and it's coming up huge. So let's give him credit for that one. Okay. Amen. All right. All right, Jesse, thank you. Thank you. They get one. Good to talk to you. They got that one. All right. See you, guys. All right. It's ESPN 1000. We'll be right back to take your calls at 312-332-3776. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. This new opportunity, like there's many players that doesn't have a second chance 
I'm very blessed for having it. Um, like I said a couple days before, like the last couple of days in Cleveland, I was turning the page around. I was doing better, you know, but, you know, I didn't have the opportunity at the last couple of weeks. But, you know, coming here, I just had the same plan. I have, um, I have Johnny Washington here that knows me since I was basically a little kid. He reminds me a couple of things, um, working with him and um, Browning and uh, Cabreja. Um, like all together, we put a, a good work on it, a good routine that I'm not missing, and you know, everything's showing up right there. Xander and Hanley, ESPN 1000. That was a great pickup by the Cubs, Framil Reyes. He was DFA'd by Cleveland, and uh, as soon as I saw him, I, I knew that. Sox would not pick him up, and they had no reason to, although you can argue right field, all that, blah, blah, blah. But great right pickup yeah. for the Cubs, and it gave him a new lease on life, and he's responded accordingly. Yeah, I mean, you know, he would have never got to them because you start from the worst records. You know, those teams get first bite at anybody off right, waivers. Right. But he's 6'5", 265. He's only 27. He's shown that, uh, I mean... Again, I hope it's got staying power, but I love his enthusiasm. I love that his teammates are talking about how he comes in and talks to him every day about bringing it and bringing the energy. He's already become kind of a leader in that clubhouse, and it's a young clubhouse. Um, but, uh, you know, so far so good. 14 hits in nine games, and it just hit, hit, hopefully he's going to continue. to the, He talked about the second chance, Mark, mm-hmm. to embrace that and, and treat it as such. And it looks like he's going to be a part of this thing moving forward. Yeah, uh, again, why he didn't quite work out in Cleveland, who knows, but it, a new lease on life, and players are appreciative. Yeah, you know, yeah. when, they get, uh, when they get picked up, you know, kind of like a rescue dog or cat. They appreciate it. Absolutely, they do. 312-332-3776. We've got Owen on the line. We like to hear from Owen every week here on ESPN 1000. Hey, Owen, I know you are so frustrated with the White Sox as we all are. Yeah, you know, and, and and I'll tell you, it's not just the play, but it's but the front office promised these guys yeah. can bite the bullet for five years. We'll 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 struggle, and then we're going to go out and compete seven eight years. We're going to go out and spend money because we're going to save money on the salaries for those five or six seven years. And what do they do? They go out and they get that Hernandez at second base last year from a from a divisional rival. Why would they? Why would they trade a divisional rival to the Sox so they could improve themselves? Then we get the reliever from the Cubs, who basically we got Pollock for. Yep. And then this year, this year we get we get Deakman at the at the at the trading deadline. A left-hander that's been moved five or six times. And if you're a left-hander and you're moved five or six times, you're, you're not trouble. that good. Yeah, you're not that good. And and so. It's not, I don't know if you blame Han, Williams, Reinsdorf. I blame this whole organization and, and the players that they went after, if you think about it. We can blame injuries. They've been 500, not just this whole year, since the second half of last year. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing is that, that kind of gets me is maybe these players came out at the beginning. They were young players, and the league has to adjust to them, and they were probably fastball hitters. And they probably jumped on first pitches as we always seen. They never really walked that much. Um, and and I think what you guys say about the baseball IQ, I think the league has adjusted to these guys where they're not where they don't adjust that well. I don't think they're I think they overrated their talent. 
And I think I think the front office has sold the, the, the fans a bill of goods. I'm actually a lifelong Sox fan, and I'm actually considered, and I'm a guy that did not like the Cubs. I'm actually considering following them more than the Sox. That's not, you know, I mean, it's 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 pathetic the way they've treated the fans. Well, thank you, Owen. Uh, well said, and uh, we can feel your frustration. Look, I, I mean, if you're if you're going to switch teams, or you're going to watch both teams, or going to be more interested in the Cubs than the Sox, I get it. If you're frustrated, no matter what team you follow, and we've said this, Brian. No matter what team you follow, if you're frustrated at what they're doing, don't give them your money. Send the message. Yeah, and you know what? So thirty nine thousand plus yesterday on a beautiful Chamber of Commerce day in Chicago. You know, Aaron Water Show practice going, so you got the Blue Angels flying over. I mean, it, it, and Paul Sullivan, our buddy at the Tribune, tweeted out a, a photo of a beautiful day. Said this will work, um, and, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm like cease and desist, don't aid and abet uh, this team by giving them your money. But that said, Owen, Owen just said it, and I've come to certainly in the last two three weeks. They they are competing, they are trying, they're hustling. There's energy there. Now it's a young team, and they're playing. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we're talking about the Cubs and Wrigley Field yesterday. You're right, right. right. And 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 again, and I'm not and I'm not uh, drawing this as a comparison to the White Sox, but there are no expectations on the Cubs. You've got a bunch of young guys, no pressure, and they're just trying hard. And see what happens when you try hard. Right, it's fun. And you know what? And here's uh, to Owen's point, and I, I may go back to the the whole Tony Larusa thing with Jerry telling. Rick Hahn, that this is your guy, and you know, go out there and tell everyone he's getting another chance because for 30 years or whatever, I've been regretting the fact that the Hawk fired him, so we got to make amends before I leave this mortal co- coil of ours. Um, you're holding a fan base hostage. You are, you are, are you're not doing the, you, you, no you know, maybe he thought he was the guy for the job, okay, but now we're coming we're to the We're pretty sure the, that that's not the case. It, right, right, exactly right, Mark. So, if you bring him back again next year because he wants to come back, and as Jesse said, you just you know roll the same team out there and expect a different result, shame on everybody. And Owen's not the only one. Jonathan Estes tweeted at us on uh, our response to one of our poll questions about which manager will get his team to the playoff first, David Ross or neither. And he said, by default, it's La Russa, and that makes sense because they're three and a half back, and they've been sitting there within you know coughing distance for three months, but they haven't been able to take take the division. Um, but he said, as a Sox fan, I wish David Ross was my skipper. So people are paying attention, yep. and and say what you will about the Cubs roster and their timeline and whether they're going to spend and how much they're going to spend. Um, David Ross at least holds people accountable, and he earlier in the week. Admitted he took Strowman out a, pit, uh, a, a batter too early. And he goes to Strowman first before he meets the media and says, that's on me. I should have left you in there. And, and, and that's what we like, like to see. That's what I want to see in a manager. And, exactly and Brian, right. there, are, there are people we've heard from them, and there are some that have worked here before that say, you know, managers don't matter that much. I know. They matter I know. enough to set the tone. They matter enough to lead. Yes, the players play the game. But accountability, Tony's been, uh, from my point of view, Tony's been too soft. He's trying Absolutely. to adjust the new uh, new version of the game, and therefore he has lost the very thing that Tony, I thought, was going to bring to this team. It seems to be gone now. 312-332-3776. Back in two to talk more baseball on the north side and the south side, and we're going to talk about the Bears, too, coming up on ESPN 1000.